Well then, let's do it. Let's let's get it started. I guess. Do we have to? We do. We do have to. All right. Yeah. I, I guess we will. Um, another. Not great. <laughs> yeah. Another another bad loss that we get the uh, displeasure of talking about. Jays lead five nothing after two innings. They lose today in just over three hours. That will never get back. It's not at all on one player because it is largely never on one player in this sport, but these are just the kind of losses the team just can't afford to take in a stretch where they're supposed to be taking advantage of, you know, quote unquote, lesser teams, something you and I have discussed a lot, but boy, errors leading to four unearned runs like the Jays take fail to taking advantage of several big scoring opportunities, a number of bases loaded opportunities and yes Vladdy will certainly wear some if not a large chunk of what happened tonight but he also getting a, a lesser you say Kikuchi start in the the thin mountain air which featured a lot of walks from him which is uncharacteristic of this season a couple of walks from the bullpen and an 8-7 loss for the Blue Jays after leading by five runs early yeah I agree that the game is not on one player offensively the game might have been on one player. I, I mean at the end of the day of the nine starters today Eight of them had hits. I, I am firmly a believer, even in Colorado, that if you score seven runs, you should win the game. Yeah. And for that reason, almost alone, I do not solely put this as uh, we will soon find out the text line might mm. uh, on mm-hmm. uh, on Vladdy. And keep texting. We want to hear it. 590-590. But uh, when you look at what is a weird offensive day for the Blue Jays? I mean, they did get at least something I guess Flatty walked, but they got at least something out of pretty much every guy and not something out of the most heralded one. That is Ben Shulman. I'm Show Alley. Let's get it started. Welcome to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network, streaming live on sportsnet.ca and on the Sportsnet app. We're taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open 416 870 590 star 590 on your cell, 59590 is where you can text us. Name and location, please. That is the people's text line, which is always open. You can also tweet at us as well, I suppose, at SNS Alley with two L's, at Ben Shulman 7. Someone actually uh, replied to the, the tweet I sent out right after the game ended. and It was from a Fly. I think I think he's like an Eagles fan, I want to say. But uh, Fly texted in, or tweeted in to say, not worth it, Alley. Just go home. So <laughs> it's probably home. You know, if, if the bosses were cool, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I... I would imagine a lot of people were thinking about going to sleep maybe. And then the blue Jays started doing what they were doing in the top of the ninth. And they were like, Oh, well I'll stay up. And, and then that happened. There was a text actually that came in earlier. There's on the so text line, And there are, there are a lot of texts. And let me, <laughs> let me be, which we appreciate. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I, I really do. And uh, let me be honest. A lot of them are about Vladimir Guerrero jr. So we'll talk about Vladdy, but uh, this one legitimately made me laugh in the midst of uh, it, I think this was this came shortly after the uh, the big double or, or I guess triple that cleared the bases and uh, the Blue Jays went down at the time eight to five. This is from Lindsay in Montreal and I appreciate Lindsay because she texts a lot. But uh, the text said, "Can't take this anymore. I'm changing channels to Shazam, Fury of the Gods." Unfortunately, which, which is a, I, a I, terrible. I, I gotta say, like <laughs> yeah. if, 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 if there's any one text that encapsulates how people feel, it is that. Lindsay stopped watching the Blue Jays game to instead watch a truly terrible movie. Show I'm turning off the game because Sharknado 2 is on. It's probably a better movie. Than because Vacation 2. Friends 2 just came out and I oh. need to watch it. 
brutal. Uh, just brutal. There was, yeah. you know, there was a guy holding up a sign in, on the TV broadcast that said, I, I think he came from, I think it said he came from Salmon Lake, BC. And on the sign, it said that he traveled 2,223 kilometers to get to Denver. I feel for that guy. Like hopefully if, for the series. Yes, and yes. I, you know, hopefully he was there yesterday. Okay, if you're um, listening, sir, I am, Salmon Lake, BC. I'm sorry they never heard of that. You, Whoa, that looks cool. Looks like a cool place. Yeah, hey, I'm, yeah. Hey, Bob, I hope he, I, you're right. I hope that he did come for the whole series because at least he would have gotten to see a win yesterday and you you would hope a win tomorrow. But that's that's a really brutal, brutal way. And let's let's talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. All right, because yeah. uh, like I said, a lot of a lot of texts on the text line about it. Keith in Coquitlam, Blue Jays sucked, especially VG. Uh, Kevin in North York, I'm sick of Vladdy swinging at the first pitch and grounding into two double plays. You have 27 outs in the game. Vladdy is responsible for six of them tonight. Please get the ball in the air. Vlad, uh, Jason in Scarborough. Schneider had no problem moving Bo down in the lineup last year. Why won't he with Vladdy now? He has gone from Mr. Plakata to Mr. Rally Killer. There's another one. Uh, there's no name on this one, but I, I, the point is well taken. Every J in the starting lineup with at least a hit and either a run or a ribby uh, except Vladdy with zeros across the board. He grounds into two DPs. He is now off in the weakest link and is so frustrating to watch. He needs to be benched a few games or move down in the batting order to send a strong message and hopefully light a fire under him. Chalk this loss up to Vladdy. We'll get to some more, but that yeah. can, I think kind of gets the point across. I, I will say on the note, especially the, the text about moving Bichette down. I, I, I totally resonate with that. I do think the difference in situation last year was there with a combination of injuries right now and an offense that's obviously not performing at the rate the offense was last year, I think it was easier to do that. Like, I I just think there were more guys that you could slide into the top four. I mean, you're, you're moving Vladdy down at this point, Alejandro Kirk is hitting cleanup for you. And I know he had a good four games coming into this one. He, and again, Vladdy certainly is the only guy who, who didn't have a hit today. Like all Hunter Kirk had an infield hit today. I'm not yeah, actually yeah. sure. And, and he rocked a ball to center that got caught, but like, it wasn't like his hit was incredible. Uh, you know, nor was Ernie Clements to be fair, which was also an infield hit. So I don't know that they necessarily, I mean, I guess when it's not a left-handed hitter or pitcher, pardon me, right. You could have Brandon belt in the top four. You could hit Vladdy five. But, like, do you want Alejandro Kirk hitting ahead of Vladdy? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So I, I think it's as much about what's going on around him as what Vladdy's doing that could be keeping him in this spot. <sighs> I just, I'm so not sick. saying he was good today. I, I, I mean, am, he certainly wasn't. I just, am, I just am sick of talking about Vladdy. I'm, uh, like, honestly, emotionally drained. That, that's what it is. Okay? <laughs> like I, and, and you see a lot of these people on the text line, and I appreciate the text. Again, keep them coming, 590-590. We'll go to the phones in a second. But, like, Tina in London... Can Vladdy not even put one in the air? You know, I mean, valid bases loaded one out. Just need a fly ball. Yeah. Travis and Belleville. Why is he still hitting third or fourth? Which you talked about. I thought he had four very non-competitive ABs, including the two double plays in big spots. He looks uninterested. You know, you Tony from Kitchener who texts in often, which we appreciate, but Tony bring up a good point. Uh, to be honest, this loss on Vladdy with two DP with men on, he can't do anything. He also had a chance to bring Davis home and he couldn't do that. Yet the error he made cost the team. If he isn't contributing with the bat, he should make sure his defense is stellar Four unearned runs. Kikuchi was not sharp, but the defense behind him was terrible. I, I, I personally put 
the it was a diggable it was a diggable yeah uh, for, it wasn't an error by throw. the way the error is Ernie Clements yes. if you bounce a throw you get and the that's error. the thing I, I think that spot specifically is more on Ernie Clement than it is on Vladdy having said that it's still a play most first baseman I think makes so yeah. I understand and this why is the Gold Glover last year. exactly so I understand why Vladdy is supposedly would wear that a little bit and and I I agree he probably should but uh, boy it's just like I'm I. I it, if not for the injuries, and I think that's probably the only thing right now that's keeping me from really committing to this. If not for the injuries, I actually wouldn't mind seeing him just sit for, for a game, not to send him some kind of lesson, not to teach him, learn him something good. Right. I think more, more just to give him maybe a mental reset, because like if, if we all know he is struggling, he is undoubtedly having an underwhelming, disappointing season. He is, there's no, there's no two ways to look at it. But if we know that, like you and I know that, and if all the listeners yeah. and the texters know that, you believe he knows it, right? Like, For sure he knows So it. if that's the yeah. case, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him get sat just to have a little bit of a mental reset, not because as a punishment necessarily, but just to take a little bit of a breather. But the problem is with Bo and Chapman and now Danny Jansen all on the IL, you, you, I'm not sure you can really afford to do that. Even if Spencer Horwitz has been hitting the cover off the baseball in the minors. Yeah. I mean, the five guys on the blue Jays bench are Heineman Horwitz, not today, but like Espinal, a right, lot right, of days, right. McCoy, Biggio. I'm not sure, you know, none of those guys are having a better year than him, even in his down season. I'm not sure that those guys are are doing more. I I don't think that you're more likely to win if you play Kevin Biggio at first base right, every day. Right. So that's part of the issue with what's been going on this with this team is they are they are reliant on him being even as good as he was last year, <laughs> which was a down year. But it it's not happening. Well, and at the same time, they gave up. Uh, they scored seven runs and lost. 416 star 590 on your cell. Uh, Hassan in New York. Hassan, welcome to JSTOC. What's on your mind? Hi, uh, how are you guys doing? Could be better. <laughs> um, I'll try to keep it as short as possible. Um, I wanted to talk about two topics uh, regarding this game. Um, Overall, in general, um, pitching has been, great, has been great, no doubt. Um, but obviously, sometimes uh, pitching is going to fail. And uh, the offense has to build them out. And the offense struggle isn't just Valadi alone. Like, even Springer didn't really click and other guys. Um, I just, I mean, I know we're all tired of talking about Valadi. Uh, but I just don't understand um, the people that still defend as if, you know, he's putting up some great ear. Like, I had a conversation with somebody in a Facebook group, and he was saying that he has a, a, a thousand-something OPS with two outs and one in scoring position. And I've been following the Jason since 2010. And even, like, um, 2000, I mean, in 21, when Vladdy had that ear. Okay, some of the games, yeah, he had to go ahead hit and everything, but... I, Honestly, I just lack this guy doesn't have that clutch factor in him. Because I've seen it again and again, not just, not just this year, even in the past. When the game is on the line, this guy can't come through. Come through. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. And then the thing is, listen, overall, like I just want to say one more thing. This team season, going to the World Series, isn't about 
Vladi alone. This is about the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay? And I, I feel as if we as Toronto fans um, tend to resonate the whole team to just one player and make it seem as if, if he's the one, that's all that there is that exists. Right? Um, I don't know why they're still babysitting him. Um, uh, it, uh, honestly, I like they're still babysitting him. It's been five months we've been hearing he'll get better, he'll get better. Why not put him in the seven hole, eight hole? I understand the injuries, how he just had been. But I think there is still options. Um, Schneider can hit third, uh, in my opinion. Um, but I don't know, man. It's like he doesn't try. from, And also his defense is taking a big hit. Like, hey, Hassan, th- th- I appreciate the call. I, I'm not cutting you off. I just want to get to some more callers. But I, I, the point is well taken. So a couple things from Hassan's uh, discussion there. I, th- I do think... I do think a lot of the focus goes on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., especially now, but overall because he was viewed as a generational prospect and he has not, he has not I mean, been a generational. He's a three or four hitter. I mean, yeah, and you, know. and you want your cleanup, your guy hits three or guy who hits cleanup to, to perform like a major league guy who hits three or four consistently, and he's not done that this season. Uh, but like, look, let's be real. He's not going to hit seven, three. That's not going to happen. Well, and you could say, okay, Schneider hits three. Okay, well, then who hits two? Like, is Alejandro Kirk hitting two? You know, like, it, it's, again, I'm not even saying it's about Vladdy. Who are you sliding up? That's the thing. And, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think you'd, people would be all that more chuffed to see uh, Kirk or Varsho or any of these guys hit above Vladdy. Like, no, I, I, I mean, Varsho's been hitting well recently, but I still don't know if that's enough to put him in the top four. Oh boy, it's been a it's been a rough year for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Absolutely, and again, I don't, I'm not, I'm not against like him being benched for a game. And again, it's it's not for me about a punishment because I don't really think that kind of stuff. Personally, I don't really think that works for anyone. I, honestly, I don't really think it matters. I'd have, I I put zero stock in Bo turning his season around late last year because he was batting seventh. I think it's because Bo is a talented hitter and he turned it around because he worked on things that needed to get turned around. And maybe, maybe Vladdy just needs a bit of a reset. He does, he does look sometimes disinterested. He he was perhaps the victim of some bad umpiring tonight, but that's certainly not the reason why things turned out the way they did for him. But uh, it's, it's a lot of things, not just one thing. Yeah. And at least for me, I don't, I'm not as in on like the unengaged or disinterested just because even if you sit and believe Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Let's, and I'm not saying this to be clear, do not aggregate this, please. If you sit and believe Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doesn't care about if the Blue Jays win or lose, he is going up for his first free agent contract after next year. Right. There are hundreds of millions of dollars on the line. And yes, you're telling me right now through the other side of the radio that his dad made a lot of money. Well, he doesn't want to live in his dad's house. So he has, and even for next year in arbitration, he has, even if he didn't care about the Blue Jays, which I personally believe he does, there is so much money on the line. Like, I just think he's not performing. I I don't think it has to do with how much he cares about it or not. I just think he's making poor swing decisions and hitting the ball on the ground and not attacking the right pitches. Like he, there's beyond what's going on with the Blue Jays, so much financial stock in what he's doing. The the next contract he gets is going to be so affected by what goes on, what happened last year, what goes on this year and next year. 
star 590 on your cell. Brian joining us from right here in Toronto. Brian, welcome to JSTOC. What's on your mind? Hey, gents. Uh, You know, I agree with a a ton of stuff that you guys are saying. You know, I I, I don't want to Vladdy bash, um, and I'm not smart enough to say where he should hit in the lineup. It just seems, seems that, you know, every situation he gets in, he hits into a double play. And, you know, like tonight, you know, the evidence is there. I'm not saying he's a bad hitter and and that's the end of his career or anything, but, um, you know, there's a lot of greatness there. And and I think there's, there's still a lot of runway. I, 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 there's something wrong with him this year. There, there's something uh, mentally. So you said it like he needs a reset or or something's going on. I mean, uh, it, it, I, I don't know what, what Schneider or anybody else can do to, to kind of shake up the lineup and, and keep him in it. But like, where, where do you, yeah, where, exactly. Where do you, where do you put him if you need to get that reset? Really appreciate the call, Brian. And yeah, I think it's really interesting. I, I'm again, if everyone's healthy or if you win the game today and you've won the series, I think it's a lot easier to rest him tomorrow. And maybe they rest him tomorrow anyway, because he's coming off a tough game. It's a day game. After a night game, you didn't play Brandon Belt today, so you can play Brandon Belt at first. Mm-hmm. You could, you know, maybe give Springer a DH day, throw someone like Biggio in the outfield. But it's, I don't know what they do. Like, I, Hassan earlier, like, he is right just by the nature of baseball. The whole season is not on Vladimir Guerrero. Too. Sure. However, a large portion <laughs> of what the Blue Jays do and don't do is on the guy who's supposed to be their leading run producer. And to a certain extent, at least for now, they are, they need him to be better. And I'm not sure whether it's going to happen or not. And the evidence would lean that it probably won't this year. Amir from Woodbridge texts this in to say, hear me out. Bo got somewhat of an extension has been hitting like we expect from Bo. Vladdy did not get an extension worked out, which makes me believe he thinks he's worth more. Now I feel he is pressing to prove he is worth more, and that spiraled out of control and is feeling the burden of both his contract and the team's struggle. Again, that's from Amir and Woodbridge. And again, like there's no way for anyone to know. Not like there's no way for even like the most insidery insiders to know what's going on. I mean, who even knows? Like Vlad's agent might not. Yeah, it's just Vlad. It's only he knows inside inside of his head. But it's like again, I do think there is something to. Bo having gotten a little bit of like financial security, even though you know he's going to make a bazillion dollars at some point. And but. it was just to cover his R beers, which he was going to be a Blue Jay for. Exactly. So, and and again, maybe that same process does happen for Vladdy, but he, like, there is, like, I, I agree with the callers. Like, something, something is up mentally, which is why I do feel like I wouldn't mind seeing somewhat of a mental reset. Uh, let's hear a little bit from what John Schneider had to say. He is speaking to the media right now, and of course, he was asked about the struggles for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and those missed opportunities. Let's hear what he had to say. Yeah, I mean, first inning, you know, I think two-strike change-up, I believe it was, double play. Then we, you know, we kind of, you know, take off from there. Um, great first inning, second inning with the homer from KK. Um, you know, it just comes down to pitch selection. You know, he wants to wants to do something in big spots, I think. And, you know, you get a couple regulars out of the lineup. You know, it's just, uh, it still comes down to swinging at the right pitch. And, um, you know, he's going to try to get you to hit the ball on the ground there with something down in the zone. So, uh, just not being in a rush in those at-bats. Um, that was kind of the turning point, I think. I think it was 5-2 at that point, um, a chance to add on. Uh, but, yeah, I think it just comes down to pitch selection for Vlad. How do you think Vlad is doing mentally at this point? 
he's fine yeah he's fine you know it's september and everyone's grinding and we know you know how important every game is you know he's totally fine that is John Schneider speaking to the media. I mean, like, look, I guess I didn't expect him to come out and say, yeah, he's really having a tough time mentally. Like, yeah, he's no, he, no manager's ever going to say that. No. But uh, at the same time, I don't know. Like, it, it is it is somewhat tough sometimes Like, it, to, to kind of take what he's saying at his word, if only because it's not, a, it's not like this is a recent slump. Like, he is, by and large, after starting the year off, like, kind of on a hot streak, he has largely been like a just slightly above average player. And recently he hasn't even been that, unfortunately. Yeah. If you're a a believer in OPS plus, which takes on base plus slugging and tries to like equalize it for park factors and league averages so that it, you know, takes in some of the other stuff that can factor into how a guy's hitting. uh, This is his worst season since his rookie year. 416-870-0590, star 590 on your cell. Uh, let's take one more caller before we hit our first break. Ryan joining us from Hamilton. Ryan, what's on your mind? Welcome to J-Stock. Um, so a few, uh, just a few things. So yeah. the first is, what are we now? Are we, are we, uh, we're eight games into this stretch here between what Cleveland, Washington and, and Colorado were what, four and four? Yep. Yes. Yes. So where did you guys think that we would be at this point? Definitely uh, more like uh, six and two, two, maybe maybe five and three, maybe. Yeah. So if we think, so if the Jays do not make the playoffs this year, do you think the front office has to take, uh, obviously it's on the players, right? But they need two, two RBI guys in the middle of the order that they don't have right now. Like, you know, if you look at all the people that that were putting in the three, four spots, like, I understand Vladdy's, you know, he's, what is he at, 80 RBIs this year? Yeah. So, we need two other guys that can drive in runs because we don't have those those people that can hit with runners in scoring position. Even Belt, what, what is he, an 850 OPS, but his RBIs are really low. Right? Yeah, I think some of that has to do with the struggles of Springer in front of him for a lot of the year. Have, you know, he's been hitting two, but... Yeah, he he, you know, only has thirty eight RBIs. And uh, when you're when you're bringing in Belt, you know that's your D. Originally, when you're bringing in Belt, you're thinking he's going to be our DH, right? And what DH are you thinking is going to have thirty eight RBIs this at this point in September? Uh, you're you're not expecting it, and I will say Brandon Belt, uh, you know, kind of sneaky, but hitting two oh six only with runners in scoring position. Uh, yeah. Numbers actually feels far like, far yeah. worse than Guerrero. Feels like you get a lot of home runs from Belt and solo home runs, and not a lot else. Yeah is this team needs two RBI guys next year. Uh, but if they, if they, if, you know, obviously they went for defense this year, but at the end of the day, if they don't make the playoffs this year, they need to make some changes in the front office and they need some people that can drive in runs. That is the most important thing. It's, it's, it's painful to watch this team day in and day out, not perform with runners in scoring position. When you watch these teams, like, I mean, how can you go four and four? against these three teams yeah you're not wrong ryan i appreciate the call thanks for joining us on on jay's talk he, he, like he's not wrong no, this, this, I, is a, this is a part of the schedule that you are in theory supposed to take advantage of and i know you can say like in a vacuum any team wins in any given night which is factually correct but yeah. th- this team and, and there's a text here from peter and woodstock vlad is the easy, easy scapegoat large loss largely on the starting pitching and on the big errors tonight which again is true i mean frankly we probably have not spent enough time and, and we, like, will, we, we will get yeah. to that because i do want to talk about certainly you say kikuchi and what was behind him tonight and yeah. we'll get to that on the other side of the break but it is 
like you you expect more from the Blue Jays given the people on this roster, even guys like Ernie Clement and Spencer Horwitz and the rest of these these guys who are, have been recently called up, Espinal and so on, who actually played pretty well tonight. But yeah. uh, but generally speaking, like yes, Ryan's right. You should be taking advantage of this stretch more than they have been a four and four in the last eight games. Yeah, no, they, they certainly should. I, I do think it's worth noting the Blue Jays to go four for 10 with runners in scoring position today, which is actually pretty good. They obviously hit into those double plays, which are, which are killer. Like there's, there's no way around that. And uh, I'll, I'll check it soon and at least have it on the other side, but they actually have moved into kind of a middle of the pack runners in scoring position team in major league baseball. If I'm not mistaken, I actually think, and it's not as big of a deal in this game, but like, and again, I, like one of the callers earlier, don't want to completely turn this into like a Vladdy Pinata show, but you know, 20 home runs is also not acceptable. Like, is he going to go through this series at course field and not hit a homer? Yeah. That would not be great. No, I, I agree. It's a, a lot of it does fall on Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but uh, certainly not all of it. Let's take a quick break, Ben. And when we come back, we will certainly chat about Yusei Kikuchi, chat about those errors. Again, four errors leading, or pardon me, errors leading to four unearned runs for Kikuchi in this ballgame, who only went four and two thirds. A lot still to come. We're here until the top of the hour. You're listening to Jay's Talk, showing Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I don't think so. I mean, I think. Honestly, I think people make too much of it when they come here, and it gets in, gets in their head a little bit. It's, you know, you're here for three days and you get out, so you got to do what you got to do. Um, I just think he didn't have his command really. You know, walks hurt him. Uh, we didn't play particularly sound defense, which is you know what we've been doing all year. Um, so I think if you just look at that between the walks, uh, defense definitely had our chances to add on and and uh, take the lead late. But um, yeah, I don't think that that's that plays into it too much. That is John Schneider speaking to the media about the start of Yusei Kikuchi and whether or not the thin Denver air did affect any of his pitches today. But of course, Schneider does not put any stock into that based on what we had just heard. Yusei Kikuchi only going four and two thirds today, six runs, two of which were earned. We'll try to all things Yusei Kikuchi in a couple of minutes. Welcome back to Jay Stock, of course. Show and Ben with you. We, can, we we've been told we can stay a little longer, Ben. We can take yeah, the calls. Why not? Take why your texts. Let it all out about what we no saw and heard sleep tonight. tonight anyway. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but before we do that, before we go back to the text line, before we go back to the phones, let's go to the major league standings watch presented by bet 365 with bet 365. You can watch, uh, you can bet on things like player props, totals, or game outcomes across many different sports. 19 plus play responsibly Ontario only. Well, the, I suppose positive news out of tonight, and I know people accuse me of being unflinchingly positive sometimes about this this ball club, which maybe you know what? I am. makes it maybe. good to hang out with <laughs> like people who are positive. <laughs> uh, does that mean you're not? You're less positive. I'm or? kind of medium. Okay, fair. <laughs> That's fair. Well, uh, it, it's a it's a certainly glass a glass half full uh, view on what what went on tonight in Denver, but uh, because. You, you don't get any ground on the Mariners who did win tonight. They won eight to seven. The Astros, however, did lose. They lost to the Yankees 5-4. And the Rangers, it did take extras. But the Twins, winning the series against the Rangers, they're going to aim for a sweep tomorrow. But the Twins did beat the Rangers today 9-7 to after trailing 4-1 very early on in this ballgame. So because the Rangers lost and because the Astros lost, even though the Mariners did win to separate themselves a teensy bit more from the rest of their AL West uh, compatriots, the uh, Blue Jays actually did not lose any ground at the very least, on either the Astros or Rangers. They came in today a game and a half back of the final wildcard spot. 
after a loss, they are still a game and a half back of the final wild card spot. So uh, in the wild card race, the Rays, who did lose to the Guardians today as well, they lost uh, seven to six in extras. Rays are 82 and 54. The Astros with their loss to the Yankees, 77 and 60. The Texas Rangers with their loss to the Twins are 75 and 60. So again, Jays 74 and 62. Again, a game and a half back. Again, is it glass half full looking at the way everything went on tonight? Yes, but uh, they did get some luck and some help on that out-of-town scoreboard. Yeah, it's a missed opportunity, but it's obviously better that everyone else lost than if they won. Like, it wouldn't be good uh, for it to go the other way. So... You know, for the Blue Jays, uh, at a minimum, they can, you know, if they win the series against the Rockies, they'll still be at a minimum a game and a half back. And in the grand scheme, that certainly still gives them a chance to get in, but uh, would have been a lot nicer if they were half a game back and yes. a game and a half back of the Astros. But it is what it is. And at least I will say on the, on the note of Seattle, who's storming away because the Blue Jays have already lost the tiebreaker to Seattle you can essentially add another game that they're back of sure. them. If they tied, yeah. they would be behind the Mariners. So maybe be- this is super glass half full. This is like glass three, three quarters, quarters full. full. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> better to chase the Astros than the Rangers, I guess. Or Astros and Rangers and than Rangers, the Mariners. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you know. I guess, I, I guess at least, the and this is going to be big, no matter, I mean, regardless of what happens in the Blue Jays-Rangers series next week, not not this coming week, but the following week, uh, no matter what happens in that in that series, and you do have to win the majority of those games in order to, for for the end of the season to be even more meaningful. But the Mariners and the Rangers play each other a lot to end the season. Yep. Like it's something like they play each other seven times, and the game the, the seasons last like ten or eleven games or something like that. So, yeah, it's it's like the Blue Jays where they play divisional opponents right. the last bit. The, they get Texas two out of three series. And, and just speaking of tiebreakers, because I brought it up, the Blue Jays do have the tiebreaker on the Astros. Mm-hmm. Uh, And the tiebreaker on Texas is yet to be decided. They're down two games to one. It's head-to-head record against each other. Uh, So if the Blue Jays were to win three out of four against the Rangers, they'd gain the tiebreaker. Anything else, the Rangers would have the tiebreaker on the Blue Jays. That's a quick check of the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. I want to go back to the text line real quick. I see a couple here that lead into what I want to talk about with you, Ben. Uh, Ryan from Victoria, that was a good old-fashioned team loss. Not Not great pitching errors and lack of offense. Vladdy only responsible for one ninth of the offense it's from Ryan and Jesse and Simcoe. I blame this one on the manager. Is this Rubinov? I have, I have no idea. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know if he lives. In I don't think so. But Jesse, <laughs> Jesse says, I blame this one on the manager. Starting pitching was struggling. Should have been pulled earlier. Garcia has not been strong lately. Was the wrong choice. We scored seven runs. Still couldn't get the win. I okay, don't get me wrong. The inherited runs, uh, the statistic for Jimmy Garcia and those positive inherited runners stats or whatever, taking a real beating over the last couple of games last night. Yep. And certainly tonight as well. He walks the first guy he sees after inheriting two runners. He allows a three run triple to Doyle and an RBI single to, I think it was Charlie Blackman immediately after. So yeah, not great. Don't get me wrong for Jimmy Garcia. I'm a, as big a Jimmy Garcia booster as you'll find and not great for Jimmy after a, I would say like a pretty good last three, three, four, four, five weeks. Yeah. And so I think he does take some of it, a, a somewhat of a step back, uh, perhaps out of the circle of trust. Yeah. I mean, that's on me. I, I mentioned before the game that his ERA had dropped below four. He's back up at four Oh two after those two earned runs. Um, I mean, he, he had, you know, posted, I, I looked all the way back from June until last night, the okay. start of June, he had posted an ERA below two in that time that doesn't factor in inherited runners. So that's a whole different situation. I, I do think the note on, on whether Kikuchi should have gone back out for the fifth is 
fairly valid. Like we were legitimately discussing it mm-hmm. during the game. Yeah. Are you going to send him back out? Because the first couple innings had been so much trouble and the errors hurt. And I do think that that's a big part of it too. And the blue Jays continue to miss uh, their starters on the left side of the infield with a much improved defensive Bo Bichette this year. But uh, Chris LaRue mentioned it too. Like in one of the innings, there's an error, but then a four pitch walk. Yeah. Like, and, and it's, and the earned runs don't go against Kikuchi because he had recorded two outs after an error comes in, but he walked four guys tonight. And that's the stuff that got him in trouble last year. And, you know, I'm not going to referendum and say he's the guy he was last year. He's having by far a better season, but he hadn't walked four guys in a game since May 30th. You're not going to win the majority of your starts when you walk four guys and you really shouldn't against a bottom offense in baseball, but bottom 10. Yeah. Five, four and two thirds, pardon me, six runs, two of which were earned six strikeouts, the four walks, as you're discussing over a hundred pitches thrown and it kind of seemed like he was like somewhat reticent to throw the fastball as much as we have gotten used to him seeing, which is kind of strange, right? Given that he had entered the game when he, when he entered the game for the first time, he had already been staked to a four, nothing lead. And we've seen him be so successful with the fastball that it was somewhat odd for him to struggle with command and also with the pitch selection. Like you, you threw this out to me during the game. And I do genuinely wonder, despite what Schneider said, how much it was a factor today, but he wasn't locating well with the fastball and he threw it less overall than he usually does. And I, I kind of wonder how much of it was him just want, not wanting to throw the fastball because he does give up a decent amount, even if in, in his good starts of loud and hard contact off the fastball, even if they are caught for outs, maybe a, a perfect storm of catcher change from Jansen to Kirk environment with pitching in Coors Field and not wanting to throw the fastball for hard and loud contact in, a, in an environment where balls really travel, pitch selection, like a lot of things probably coming all together. But it, it is, I think, his worst start from since the All-Star break, certainly, and one of his one of his worst starts of the season. But like it's kind of crazy because you and I talked about this in the pregame show. Had we gotten past the idea of saying, well, five innings and three earned runs from Kikuchi or three earned runs or less from Kikuchi, and you take that. And I think we have generally gotten past that, but the way he looked today did make me feel like the Jays were somewhat lucky to only get out of there with four and two thirds and and the the two earned runs. Yeah, I, I mean, at the end of the day, like one of the texters mentioned, you know, as tough of a day as Vladdy had, if you say coming into the day and no pun intended there with the, you say that Kikuchi uh, is on the mound Ooh. and the blue Jay, I know. And the blue Jays are going to score seven runs. You, you assume they're going to win the game. Right. Like you say, Kikuchi is going to win that game nine times out of 10 this year, even maybe even more than that, but he was wild. He threw 54 strikes and a hundred pitches and his fastball, you know, a lot of his other pitches, he tries to throw for balls, the curveball, the slider, you want to make guys think it's a strike, but his fastball hit the zone today less than 50% of the time. And I think more often than not, he is trying to throw that fastball for right. strikes. I mean, sometimes on two strikes, he's going to elevate or go outside with it, but I think he is trying to throw it far more than 50% for strikes. And it, it didn't happen today. And then obviously Jimmy was not good today and it's tough for the blue Jays. That's two days in a row where their relievers come in in the middle innings mm-hmm. and blow a lead. And it is tough to come back from that. You know, I I think that the Blue Jays could have still done more offensively, even with seven runs, but I don't know how many games you win when you blow a lead in like the fifth or sixth or later. I I just don't, I don't think it happens all that often. Yeah, you can't, I know Coors Field is a, is a offense friendly ballpark, but 
I mean, for all the talk about defense and pitching and being a hallmark of this team, they gave up nine runs. To, and I, I know four of those runs came off of a Chad Green, who was effectively yeah. still coming off a TJ surgery. So you take that with a grain of salt. But they, but still, they kind of all the same. You gave up nine runs to the, the Rockies yesterday and eight runs today. That's that's That has got to be two of the higher overall totals over two games the Blue Jays have had based in back-to-back games, maybe all season, because you just, you're not, you're not used to that, especially from the 2023 version. When you get, when you talk about pitching and defense and I, you know what, as far as much as we're kind of crapping a little bit on the pitching that we saw today, I do want to give at least one positive mention to Yenesis Cabrera because he get he gives him a monster three run bomb yesterday for his first earned run earned runs as a Blue Jay and then tonight leadoff double against the very top of the Rockies order and Charlie Blackman you kind of think oh boy this is going to unravel real quick and then even with runners on first and third he doesn't allow a run to score so a, a nice again it's it's something that matters a lot less which we have to acknowledge after a, a, an unfortunate loss an eight to seven loss for the Jays but that is a nice bounce back outing for a guy who has been largely good all, as a blue Jay all season and then gives up a monster shot so I you know I think the blue Jays do often try and get guys like get right innings and that was perhaps a good show of faith in someone like Cabrera because he's been largely good as the only other lefty other than Mesa all season. Yeah, I mean, he's got about a a half ERA as a Blue Jay and and his overall season has turned around a lot lot since being a Blue Jay. So it was nice uh, to see him come in and succeed. And and also for Jay Jackson, who had had, you know, a couple of up and down appearances before uh, he went to Buffalo and then came back. It is good to see that bounce back and an overall level I went to look, so it's it's 18 runs allowed, or 17 runs allowed for the Blue Jays in the last two days. Right. So they did have, and I'm not totally going to count this one, July 31st, August 1st, they gave up 17 in two games. But that's all on one game where they gave up 13 to the Orioles. Like, they just gave oh, up right. four the day before. So if you want to look for two really rough ones in a row... Uh, it was uh, two games I was calling uh, Sunday, June 18th and Monday, June 19th, when they blew uh, a five or six nothing lead to the Rangers and lost 11 seven and then went to Miami and lost 11 nothing in the first one in that series. And that at that at the time, I remember felt like about the most demoralizing loss they had had the 11 nothing uh, loss. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. I was sitting next to you for that one. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that maybe, was maybe we're the common denominator. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go look at my record later. I, I, you know, it might be my fault. I don't care. It's on the baby of people who swing the bats. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 416 870 star 590 on your cell. We got a couple of minutes left here. Let's get to some more calls. Frank joining us from Blue Mountain. Frank, thank you for holding uh, and for your patience. Welcome to Stock. Oh, thanks for taking my call, guys. Yeah, I'm not going to bash Vladdy, but I'd like to see Schneider do a couple of things with him. Uh, He's got to stop the nonsense with the water after the games, like he's always the character in the clubhouse. They got to settle him down and get him to grow up fast. And unfortunately, now we've got three starters injured. So the lineup is discombobulated. But I would order him not to swing at the first pitch. I mean, after a batter gets walked, a batter gets hit, and he's up there swinging at the first pitch. He's not the brightest guy in the room. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for joining us on, on JSTOG. I, I will not pretend to know Vladdy's IQ quotient here is his IQ, which Q stands for quotient. So maybe my, my IQ is a little intelligence lower, quotient, right? <laughs> that's, that's that what is what it stands what for. Yeah. Mr. Mensa over here. Um, but uh, you know, I, with, with Vladimir Guerrero jr. I will say him swinging at the first pitch, Ben, and he has lo- actually largely been successful over the breadth of the entire season. 
he has been successful swinging at the first pitch. Well, yeah. Having said that, I would like to see him take a couple more pitches. I've said this multiple times, both by myself and to you, but boy, like it just, especially in situations where he comes up and a guy hits a batter and he walked the guy prior and then Vladdy hacks the first pitch and it ends up a fly out or a ground out into a double play. That does frustrate me because again, I, he's a better hitter than that. I, I would like to think, even if he hasn't shown it for the large majority of this season, I get it. But if you're going to hear that and think, roll your eyes a little bit, but boy, I, I just, sometimes it would behoove him. And I've said this about Springer, especially in that O for 35 rut, but it would behoove him to just take some more pitches sometimes, especially when the guy is struggling. Yeah. I think that there's like a, a, a fine line to it because I think in the situation that you just mentioned, Absolutely. And and right. it's, you know, it's a breaking ball on the outer edge. It's not a pitch that you're going to do a lot of damage with. It, it's, it's a pitch that the, the pitcher executed well and is put in a spot to hit ground balls. At the same time, the guy's hitting in the 260s and hitting over 400 on the first pitch. So yeah. all the time, I'm not sure that I don't want him to swing at the first pitch. But situationally, and especially in that situation, yeah, yeah. I would agree that definitely some patience is necessary because yeah, don't bail a guy out. Like it's, this is not, you know, Madison Bumgarner or Clayton Kershaw, or I know I'm bringing up kind of old names now, but you know, this isn't Blake Snell old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Quote unquote unquote, old, not like the, the, the dominant guys of today, at least, but uh, you know, these, this isn't a Cy Young candidate. This is a guy they pulled out of the bullpen a month and a half ago maybe let himself let him pitch himself into trouble. So I, I do agree that yeah. they need, they need to, or he needs to, I should say, not make that swing decision in that situation. Who knows? He could still end up hitting a ground ball, but yeah, when, when someone walks a guy and then hits a guy, even if your job is to come up with hits in these positions, maybe take the first one. Yeah. Like you look at the names, the Rockies throughout today, Ty Block, Gavin Hollowell, Matt Koch, Justin Lawrence, and Tyler Kinley. And I mean, none of these guys are world beaters here, especially yeah. Block. Like, I'm not saying this to crap on Block by any means. It's just... He didn't pitch well today. It, he, he There's didn't. no way around yeah, it. He didn't. He had more walks than he had strikeouts today. Like he it, gave up five runs. <laughs> it just... It, 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 when guys are struggling, make them work for it a little bit more. And I feel like we don't see... And this that's not something that is on, that only Vladdy does. I find like some, some of the other guys do do that often we are seeing it less from George Springer which is obviously good because you want you need more from Springer you're seeing it less from other guys in the order as well even Bo does it a little bit less although Bo is particularly sometimes guilty of swinging at the first pitch especially when there are two outs but and and, but he's also he's always been a very aggressive hitter and so is Vladdy but it's just you got to make these guys work for it Uh, just uh, just a teensy bit more because if, if you've already seen a guy walk a guy and hit a batter the chances of him not executing well against the next guy in this case, Vladdy are probably pretty high. I would think. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, I don't want to make it all about this number, but in 2021, which is obviously his most successful year, Vladdy chased a little under a quarter of the time on pitches outside of the zone. That was 69th percentile. Very good. And then he chased over 30% of the time last year and is doing the same this year, which is in the bottom half of the league. And that's going to affect how well you hit for power, how much you walk everything. Let's squeeze in one more call before we say goodbye. Sean joining us from Edmonton. Sean, thank you for holding. What's on your mind? Welcome to JSTOCK. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Just want to say you both do a great job, so thank you. Oh, thank you. 
Absolutely, guys. Um, I got a teaser for you. I got the solution for Vladdy, but I'll save that for the end of this. Um, I got one question for you guys, and I've been a huge supporter of uh, John Schneider since the beginning. Um, I like a lot of the things he was doing at the start, but uh, a lot of these decisions he's making now are, are frustrating at the very least. Uh, tonight was an 8-7 loss, so you can't just hang it on Vladdy. A full team loss, obviously. Kikuchi didn't pitch well. Um, he doesn't replace him in the fifth. Like you guys have said, you chatted about it. Um, I don't know how you, you let him go that deep when he's struggling that obviously and you've got the bullpen that is arguably the best in baseball. Um, the other night, he doesn't pitch run for Kirk. Uh, says in his press conference that it's because you don't do that when you're still down two runs uh, twice in, in the year already. He's made that decision where he pinch ran for Kirk when they were down by two runs or more. Um, and lastly tonight, he pinch hits for two guys that were three for six in Clement uh, when he gets pinch hit for Biggio and for Santiago Espinal, who belt came in and hit, who was two for three. Why would you do that? Because now in the ninth, when you've got bases loaded, two outs, you're now pinch hitting for McCoy um, with essentially another rookie. And I just, I don't understand how little mistakes, coaching errors like this lead to, to game losses like this. And I actually put it on that, not, not a guy like Vladdy going over five or over four or whatever it was. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Thanks so much for the call. I, I, I think, you know, when you look at the pinch hit decisions, I don't mind pinch hitting for Clement. I'll say who you want to use in that spot up to you. You know, while they were three for six, Ernie Clement rolled a ball about eight feet away from home plate. That's a lucky hit. Like, there's no way around that. So I I don't mind that. I do see the justification, though, for why not safe belt for the ninth. They brought him up in a spot where there's a runner on first. There's one out. And you, you know, he almost hit a single. But if belt hits a home run, you're still losing at that point. So I I do agree there that I think that there's a point to, to holding Brandon Belt back. Brandon Bell has largely been very good for the Blue Jays, but uh, a lot of a lot of different decisions factoring into why the Blue Jays did lose eight seven tonight. Just a lot. It's just yeah. We could probably talk for another hour on what went on tonight, but uh, it has been a bit of a roller coaster. A lot of peaks and valleys for the Blue Jays. Unfortunately, a valley tonight. Uh, thank you for listening to Blue Jays baseball. Brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. New and used vehicle prices are rising, and inventory is scarce. Avoid the hassle of buying prematurely by making your vehicle last longer with Crown Rust Protection. For a special fall offer on Rust Protection, visit crown.com today. For Ben Shulman, Ben Wagner, Chris LaRue, Tom Young, Nick Blackmore, I'm Show Ali. Thanks for being with us on Jay's Talk. We're back to wrap up the series tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.